auspicious beginnings, you know what I mean? Welcome to Three Dads and a Phil. We're three dads all at different stages of fatherhood, and a Phil who enjoys his time and money because he has no kids. Recording from Victoria, BC, in each episode, the four of us, along with our guests, dive into everyday topics around fatherhood, life on the West Coast, and all the things that interest us. Hopefully they interest you too. So join us with your favorite beverage and listen along. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Nailed it. Good job. Uh, nailed it. Uh, well, actually, I forgot we did talk about this in our pre-interview yet, but what are we all um, tasty beveraging having tonight? Great. Yeah, let's kick, let's kick it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, what you got? I am partaking in some small talk whiskey that is brewed locally here in Victoria. I'm showing it to the guys, even though they all know what it is. And have a little bit, of, a little bit of ice. It's a nice, easy drinking whiskey. Yeah, it's not bad. Matt looks puzzled. No, I'm not puzzled at all. I was just <laughs> a deep in thought and reverence. Yes, you like that one, G? It's not bad, right? Huh? Like, uh, it's, 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 it's super good. easy to drink. It's it's light. Yeah. It, it's light, but it's um, it's tasty. And like I said, it's it's good. What are you drinking, Phil? Uh, I'm trying to finish off this bottle of Tomatin Twelve. Mm. Tomatin Twelve. Mm. I only have a little bit left. So the Tomatin Twelve. I think this is the first one I purchased that wasn't a gift for me so the last year that they did whiskey fest um the tomatin was the master class i got to go to so oh, cool. um yeah like so um for those who haven't been it was like 50 bucks for the master class and you got i think it was five samplings so they did like a tomatin like they did uh i think it was like a six a 10 a 12 of 18 and then we actually got a tomatin it was, like a t- it was like a 30 or something like that. It was like that single sample from the final bottle was essentially the same price as your ticket in to the master class because it comes off at like 50 bucks an ounce or something like that. So, so it was pretty good. Learned to, It was like my first real voyage into. And so I've had that bottle ever since. And it's okay. It's not like my favorite, but uh, it's not bad. And I'm going to enjoy drinking all of it tonight. There you go. <laughs> Beauty. Mm. Is it, is yes, it, what do you got? Oh, sorry, yeah, I was, was going to ask. Can, I was going to ask uh, yeah. Phil, is it Tomatin or Tomatin? Tomatin. Where is it from? Uh, this is a Highland single malt. Oh, so it's real scotch. Yes, yeah, it proper, is. Sc- proper so, scotch. Proper scotch. I think Tomatin's one of the few uh, distilleries too. I think they have their own cooperage still on site, mm. which is like kind of, I guess, rare still now. And then, of course, should I finish all of that, I have the classic Laddie here as my backup. So mm-hmm. if we get if I get there, we'll talk about that. Awesome. Um, okay. I'm tonight. I'm, I'm double fisting actually. Nice. Um, nice. So I I pre podcasted with a uh, old Forester nineteen or eighteen seventy mixed with uh, bitter milk number one, which is a lovely little cocktail mixer. I didn't feel like bothering to make my own cocktail tonight so they have these little mixers which are unreal they're so good it almost makes you go well why do i bother making my own when i could buy these but um i had that prior and then i'm i'm just having um uh a rare straight and narrow uh which is a gin drink which is quite nice a local a local pacific coast cocktail canned uh right here in victoria uh this one is peach and elderflower and it's quite delightful. Oh. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the labeling too. It's quite good. But then I'm also, um, for after that, I've got 
uh, I'm ready to go here with a good, that's a good two finger pour of uh, St. Remy XO Brandy. So it's a Brandy night. Oh, Ooh, there you nice. go. Mm-hmm. So Matt, with uh, the, the pre-made whatever buttermilk one, so you just, you just add your booze to it, fucking shaker, shaker and done? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, a, was it uh, one part to four uh, for rye or bourbon? So, um, so for me, it was like two ounces. So I added half an ounce of that and it was delightful. Maybe a bit too sweet. I'd probably do like maybe, maybe even three ounces to half. If you like a little bit more booze forward, which I think we all but, do. So it's as much Jordan. booze as you want. And then <laughs> shaken with that. <laughs> Basically yeah. uh, stirred, stirred, no shake. Yeah. Oh, stirred. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Nice. Try that. Mr. Ivy. I'm not drinking tonight. Yeah. Well, you're yeah, not drinking any sort of beverage, period? Well, I'm drinking, uh, I've got a Coke Zero. See, there mm-hmm. you go. Of course, mm-hmm. naturally. And I've got, you know, about a liter of water. Do you have three water bottles again tonight? No, not tonight. Okay, okay. Four. Just the hose? Just the hose coming in from the outside? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. I've got that, and I have a drain at my foot, so I just pick up the hose off the floor. <laughs> you know, it's good water. Same stuff oh, you that are- comes out of the taps. But you are participating just in a different way. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no. Um, well, certainly, I mean, we're on the West, you know, we're on Vancouver Island. Someone has to represent, um, you know, marijuana, and uh, that'll be me. Um, yeah, I'm on, uh, I've got a, a, a bed. I started with a bed of uh, very well yawn THC drops, which was, uh, gave it, was a, was a beautiful glow with it. Uh, it was, um, it was great, but, but, you know, we're, we're about to do a podcast. I'm like, I need to need something to take things up a notch. So I had a half gram pre-roll of seven acres, Jack Hayes. Uh, and, Jack Hayes. uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really working for me. I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Excellent. Cheers to that, huh? Cheers, friends. Zero to that. Cheers. Cheers. I do love those straight and arrows though. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. I got one of those. I got a few of those from, uh, Dave from Vancouver Island. Yep. Either got they they're doing they're starting to do the same sort of thing. I think I had one that was, I think it was same, like very similar tailspin. What you just said, what was that? Was it called tailspin? I can't remember the name of it, but it was from them from Vancouver Island, and they, they I have another one in the fridge out in the shed. But yeah, they're like I didn't think it was vodka. I was like I knew it was gonna be alcohol, but I didn't think vodka. So when I drank, I was like, oh, I was like, what did you expect? I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't. I never drink vodka, so I just didn't think vodka. And then all of a sudden, when I taste, I was like. <laughs> Fun fact, you know what comes out of a still when you distill? Vodka. Nailed it. <laughs> Everything starts with vodka as vodka. It's like the base of all liquor. Fantastic. I learned yeah. <laughs> There you are. There you go. Yeah. Write that down, Grab. That's oh, terrific. Right down. Right. There you go. Got that Ooh, sound effect. Oh, you can hear that. That's the idea. Ooh, that. All all our delightful <laughs> whiskeys really are just like woody vodka. Woody woody <laughs> vodka. Yeah. Yeah. They've just yeah. got a whole bunch of tannins and stuff from the oak. That's it, man. Fair enough. Would Woody yeah, Vodka I, be a good name for a whiskey? Maybe. I'm, re- I'm really craving some wooden vodka right now. <laughs> <laughs> Give some hardwood vodka. No. <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, what are we doing tonight, boys? This is episode two. What's the, what's the goal of this episode? What are we going to do tonight? We're going to get to know each other better. Everyone's going to go around, interview somebody else. It's going to be a really fun time. And uh, let's start with uh, Graham. Who are you interviewing? I'm interviewing you, sir. Oh, great. <laughs> I totally backfired. You okay. didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. All right. 
Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so I know this is a little backstory. I know Jordan relatively well. Had a few yep. dinners together. We've hung out. I've he's my uh, hype man from uh, one of our classes we had at the gym, and uh, you know gave us oh, yeah. a big woo, which I don't think we can do on the current mic status. Mm-hmm. Blow no, probably out. not. But uh, um, yeah. So I get a few questions for Jordan. Uh, first of all, as you're showing us in those uh, those guns you got on today, how many tattoos do you have? First of all, what is there? Uh, <laughs> 12, 14, something are like they, that. Are they only on your arms or are they elsewhere on your body, which you don't I've, need to show us? No, it's, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got two on my legs. Oh, thank God you said legs. Yeah. And then I've got a, yeah, I've got a big leg wrap uh, coming up in the next little bit, um, but I'm trying to finish my sleeves currently. You're trying to finish up your sleeves? Yeah. 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 Just get it fully sleeved out, um, completely covered. Uh, it's funny because it's it's this you know I I only had a couple up until like two years ago, but really it was just uh, um, through boredom during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> there just wasn't a lot to do. I couldn't go out much, and I was I was sitting around. I got a gig, and um, you know I had a little bit of extra income, and I was like, why don't I just start getting a tattoo every week? So I did that for a little while. Honestly, I don't recommend it because like you're not even fully healed, and then you're getting a tattoo on another arm and. It's just a whole thing. And so I thought, okay, I got to slow this down a bit. So I've all, I've just been doing it once a month since, since then. Uh, and, and that's a much better pace. I think that's reasonable, right? Like that, that's what most people do. But yeah, anyways, it's all done by, uh, both arms have been done almost entirely by Chris David down at a, a government street tattoo. And okay. that dude is just so talented. Quick side. What was your? I, oh, I got to oh, yeah, go for it. Go, go for it. Jim. I was going to ask a question here, Jordan. What was your first tattoo, and what and why? Like, what was it, and why? Oh, well, I, at the beginning, um, like I, I, I wanted one for a long time. Um, I mean, since I was a teenager, but I just never ended up getting one. And then when I was, I think, thirty, I got my my first one, and I, I got two, which were sparrows on my my forearms, what with little scripts i think they're called uh that said have my kids names on them um so like one arm is my daughter's arm and then one's my son's and then they've kind of helped me pick or give give me given me some ideas for the arms they kind of claim each one as their own and they they've they've got a bit of a dedication to them to some extent but but at the be- but it, that's also like that's where it began and and you know i thought every tattoo should be like really mean a lot and then um you know, by the time I got to the third one or the fourth one, I was like, I don't know. I mean, that just kind of looks cool. <laughs> and now I'm now, now at this point I walk in and I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, why don't you, I just like pick some flash off the wall. I'm like, why don't you do something that looks kind of like that, but make it weirder. And he's like, all right. And he just draws something on the arm and goes to it. And, uh, it's super fun. Cause you know, it's just, it's, um, making it up on the spot and, um, but getting something original by a guy that I trust that does really great work. So, you know, um, I love it. Now, yeah. side sidebar from Jordan a lot for, too. for a second, <laughs> Matt or Phil, do you guys have tattoos? I do. Yeah, I oh, do. Oh, you I've do, got, Beaver Chest. I've got two, yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. I've got one when I was uh, on my shoulder, my left shoulder when I was young and stupid. And uh, it's like a little Celtic knot. How cliche is that? And then the other one is on my other arm, and it's actually a bit of a deal. It's a black dragon that goes down here. Oh, um, yeah, I, think I think you've probably seen it poke out of my t-shirt sleeve once in a once upon a time. 
Um, and that was a that was a um, a dragon that my old ex girlfriend, who is a Wiccan, by the way, uh, she used to paint these these dragon paintings, and so that was actually one of her paintings that I got into tattoo. How old so, are you when you got those? Young, young, <laughs> young. What does so, what does Meg think of your dragon? Do you, do you and do you have a name for the dragon? More importantly, yeah. no, I don't have a name for the dragon. We could name it though. We <laughs> should name it. So again, it, this is a tattoo that your ex girlfriend designed, yeah. like a dra- based off. Yeah, okay. Well, it's a painting, and then I, I well, just got it converted. Yeah. yeah, when you were young. Mm-hmm. That's fun. You know what? Though? <laughs> There's no regrets. Uh, well. I, you know, I just, I think like that's one where if, when I'd be dating in the future and they'd be like, oh, what's with that? Be like, I just like dragons. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not ashamed. Of it. I, I actually have a good time with it. It's, uh, it, boy, did it hurt like a bitch though. Cause it was, uh, it's all black. And oh, it's, is it a prison tattoo? Is that why it hurt so bad? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 all black and it's thick, right? So they used the the five needle uh, filler head. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'll never forget the tattoo artist. It was at Urge at the time, and uh, down on Cook Street Village, down on Cook Street Village when they were there. And uh, I'll never forget. He was like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the five needle head." And I'm like, "Okay," he's like, "You know." You can trust me. I'm experienced. I've been doing this for a long time. He's like, but you don't, you don't ever want a new tattooist to use this. And I was like, why not? He's like, it'll basically turn your arm into hamburger. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Here we go. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> did you cry? No, but it did hurt quite a bit. Uh, so you got the dragon and the knot. You have any tattoos, Phil? No, I have none. I had a plan. I wanted, I wanted some, and I have some like, uh, some artwork that I well not artwork has photos that I would like turn into artwork that I was planning on doing like uh, seven or eight years ago, but I just uh, financially haven't set aside any money to have it done because I'm sure as Jordan can allude to, it's not exactly a cheap thrill. Expensive, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I find it kind of like getting a bunch of small pieces like is a lot more manageable. Like I, I started getting bigger ones initially, and yeah, it'd be like several hundred dollars. They could be quite costly. But, yeah. but, but my guy can be like pretty quick. And if I get like a bunch of kind of smaller or medium sized ones, like you can bang it out in like two, less than two hours. And, but at the same time, like this is actually, this is once you've had a bunch and you're, you, when it's your first one, you're going to hum and haw about it forever. And it's, it feels like the biggest decision ever. And then later on, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's got to yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. It's that first step, Phil. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's like I feel it's hard, right? I think it's um, my approach, at least to what I've like I've thought about it years ago, and I still like the idea, which tells me that maybe it's something to go ahead with. But I would hate to have any regrets or about it. But again, it's, I feel it's you know it's a fairly permanent part of you now. But uh, I don't know. I just like you know like the uh, the cliche where some young dude or some ch- chick gets some. Some Chinese writing on their sh- arm or down their back or something like that, and it's like, like what the hell is that? Or something like that. Yeah, it's something like stupid. <laughs> it's like, well, what does that even mean? And they're like, well, it means this in Chinese. It's like, what the? That, how does that connect to you? Though, so, like, I get it. If it mean, it has significance, I understand it. But if it's just if it and if it just like it's like this something that you don't understand and you just have it done, it's very different. I think to a point. 
Like if Jordan goes in is like, I want original piece of artwork. He's got like, you know, I like this. The artist is good. I like what he's doing. And I, I think it's a cool look. That's, that's fine. But it's another thing to like have no understanding about what you're getting. I think, I don't know if there's a, if that's too, too, those two statements are too similar, but I just think like and, and one's edu- a little bit educated and one's clearly not. So no. yeah, for sure. Or just following trends and then, you know, and getting, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like you tramp stamps, that. right? Well, I don't, I don't, guy who's got a tramp stamp. Great. Um, I know, nope, but, but we all know him. So that's even better. <laughs> well, it's like, it'd be like, like when dudes get like the, like the barbed wire on their bicep. It's like, what? <laughs> like you look back on it now and you're like, that's the dumbest thing you could ever get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the trends Anyways. always are. Yes, they are. They seem really cool at the time. The I mean, I like the mustache on the finger one. That's what not bad, that, right? Have you seen the lightsaber on the finger? Yes. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I really want one, but no, I don't have one yet. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to cost a lot, bud. That's pretty quick. But the yeah, finger yeah. doesn't. The, the finger's going to tickle a bit. It's going to hurt like a son of a. So the less flesh you have on that body part, the more it's going to hurt. That's yeah. all bone there, man. It's going to hurt oh. your phalanges. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. No, I've, I've had like my knees and my wrists and my uh, el- elbow of all. And uh, yeah, you, you feel it. Oh, yeah. On the bone. No. Yeah. I just, I, I just sit there with my phone reading Twitter as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. You just get really <laughs> intently, it's intensely every single tweet, you know, not really taking any of it in, but just. And a lot of, uh, you know, deep breathing. Now <laughs> here's what hurts when you're, you know, when you are getting tattooed, it doesn't, when you are getting tattooed, do you watch it? Can you watch it like going into your arm? Oh God, no, I can't no. do that. Oh, um, no, it hurts like 10 times more. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So uh, now we got to get, all get new dragon tattoos in honor of Matt. Um, yeah. Thanks guys. Maybe that'll, oh, be, wow. maybe that'll be Phil's first, uh, dragon tattoo will be a dragon, sick dragon <laughs> on the arm. You guys want to get matching dragon tattoos? Jeez, you, this is awesome. We don't have to get a van. <laughs> we need a, a podcast van. We'll make sure we have really good Wi-Fi for me. Okay, with an amazing with, with an amazing painting on the side of like you know Conan or something, right? Like some epic. Oh, Brian? Fucking nope. Craig. I knew you were gonna say that. Craig too. on there. Yeah, let's do it. Craig. Uh, okay, so I'm still interviewing Jordan. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm still doing. All right, Jordan. So my next question for you. Anyone uh, alive or dead that you could, I would say, have a drink with, but maybe have a toke or a smoke or or whatever sort of uh, indulgence with, who would it be and why? Uh, it would have been uh, my grandfather, um, my mm-hmm. my mom's father. He uh, he died when I was uh, eight, um, but uh, left a huge kind of impression on me and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be, he's a guy who, who would have been, uh, really rad, um, uh, guy to have in my life for a longer time. So that one would probably, that one would be it. That one makes a lot of sense. That's cool. What yeah. sort of stuff, what sort of stuff do you remember about your grandfather that, 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 it, that laid such an impression on you that you, he'd be the one, like, what would you want to talk to him about? God, oh, I mean. Or just being around him, just in well, the present. Yeah, I mean, it, well, because it would just, it, 
you know, the, what I remember is, is not in any way the way I would, I would interact with him now, or he would interact with, you know, with me. So I, I don't even know, like, you, it would just be getting to know who that was or whatever. Like, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, it's only, so we can only get so specific. It's just a, you know, theoretical, right. But, um, you know, getting a chance to talk to a family member that you haven't been able to speak to in 30 years or whatever, like that means something. So yeah, that would be pretty cool. It's interesting thinking about, like you said, I, I, so I'm just trying to think, I think back to my, my family right now. Cause like, I still have one grandparent still alive and, um, and my other three, I, I knew all of them pretty well. Uh, the other, the other ones that have passed away now, but I try to think of like, who's in my family that like, and like, you know, I got to know them pretty well as even as like a, you know, getting into college age and stuff like that. Um, but then I try to think of like who in my family that I didn't know very well. And my dad had a brother that passed away just before my sister was born and, uh, he committed suicide and he passed away. And there's all this talk and these stories because my dad tells me stories. Oh, my brother, Tom and I grew up doing like, they were like best buddies doing all these things together. And, you know, and I heard the, these effects of, of him passing away that affected my dad. And it was right before my sister was born, hit their first child. And, uh, it's just so fascinating to hear all these stories from because my dad had a big family you know he had three or four sisters he had two other brothers and like to hear all these stories of this guy who like none of the grandchildren because my sister's the oldest grandchild we have like 15 or 19 of us or something like that on my grandma on my dad's side it's like so weird to think like and then that's why you made me think jordan i'm like oh man like, i'd probably love to like sit down and like meet my uncle who i never knew because he was such a huge part of my dad's life and part of this big giant family that like he's like a missing piece that i'm like i don't know and like my grandma, you know, they, they, she like always talks about him whenever I would see her and, and like talk greatly about him and all this sort of thing. But it's just like, yeah, it's so interesting to think back of people who, yes, like, yeah, I definitely love to see people who are passed away now to, that I knew growing up. But like, you know, like here's a person that's very embedded in our family that I've never met. Like, what would that look like? That'd be weird. That'd be interesting. That'd be really be fascinating. Crazy. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. My, um, I didn't really know my two grand grandfathers at all. They were, uh, they both passed, passed away when I was about five. And, um, one was British straight out of Britain. My dad's dad. And the other one was a ridiculous character. And I wish I had known him better. He, he was the guy who was bald at 24, fully bald. So he's on my, and he was on my mom's side. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, and, uh, he would wear a toupee <laughs> which which i think right off the bat tells you something about the person and then what he you also hiding? what's that what are you hiding yeah totally no no it's true and then uh he also would wear like white tuxes a lot like white suit like leisure suits and like different kinds of like awesome and he loved turquoise and silver jewelry and he'd wear bolo ties that were turquoise and silver. And it was just like, who the F are you? What part of New Mexico did he live in? Well, so that's right. So <laughs> totally. He, so he was, he was actually the Reeve of Saanich at one point, which was the mayor at that point. Um, and he, they lived in Nevada for a while, for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, side note. What's a Reeve? It's, it's like the ancestor to a mayor. Oh, okay. Yeah. New word for me. Just had to get that out there. Yeah, it, it they don't use it anymore. It's it's no. fallen out of favor and it's now mayor. But no. yeah, it used to be Reeve. So they lived in Utah for a while. Or Nevada, he said. Sorry. Nevada. Yeah. And then Reno. Yeah. Specifically. That's and awesome. uh, yeah, anyway. 
same sort of thing. It'd be fun to fun to actually get to know the guy who fed me coffee when I was like three. And I've got a lifelong addiction to it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Crazy hilarious. Oh man, that's oh. nuts. All right, Jordan. So I got one last question for you. We'll keep it keep it to three. And I know, like I said, you're still getting to know Phil a bit more. You're still getting to know Matt a bit more. You know me relatively well. But uh, I just love the classic. I thought this would be great given us that we're a foursome here. Who, out of the three of us, who would you marry? Who would you fucking, who would you kill? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Why not? There's editing for this. Sort of, sort oh, of stuff, man. Though. No, this is all going in. <laughs> this has to go in. Wow. All right, hey Jordan, looking pretty good. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to feel bad. Whatever he says, I'm going to feel. I'm going to feel honored. Man, wow. that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, I'd obviously. Phil has really small calves. Remember, he has all the cash. <laughs> small small calves. calves. I'm also the youngest one, so let's not make this weird. You're not that much younger than me, idiot. It's got a disposable disposable income, but no, I'd kill Phil. Oh, oh, oh thank God! Cold blooded, oh, okay right there. Yes. Cold blooded. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're off the full, hook, buddy. Full fi- double Thanks, fist bump in the air from Phil for that one. Thanks, man. I appreciate okay, it. Okay, Phil's gone. I think I'd, I think I'd marry Matt. Ooh, wow! <laughs> wow. What? Do tell yeah. why you nerds stick together <laughs> because hey, we're nerds. Yeah. Is it your love of sound? Is it your mutual love of sound that keeps you? Together? I, th- I think I think that Matt and I would have such a sweet decked out house. Like, oh yeah, I think the tech would be crazy. We'd have amazing TVs, incredible sound system. Like everything would be super automated. It would be, you know, like uh, living in a Elon Musk's house. So, um, but just much, much, much smaller. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, so long as Matt, you know, so long, so long as you're okay with me fucking Graham. <laughs> just, just I bet Graham side, wishes he was. Just a side I bet, piece, huh? I bet Graham oh. wishes he was dead now. Don't you, buddy? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you I mean, kill me off to me. Not put me through this. <laughs> hey, you're the one who asked the question. I know. I know. It's it's true, I, true, I, I, I knew the. You I knew the possible. I knew the possibilities. I had to accept it. Fair enough. You know what? We, I, I'd be fine with it because at the end of the Honestly, day, Jordan, I'd be so flattered if somebody. I'd I'd be I'd be probably most delighted with that. Yeah, honestly, I I uh, I don't know what to say other than you know I know that we'd be soulmates. So if you wanted to just you know have time with the flesh of Graham, that's totally fine. <laughs> I'm with the flesh. Oh God! He puts the lotion on his skin. <laughs> I don't like lotion anymore. <laughs> <laughs> totally fine i hear you okay well i uh oh wow i won't ask that to any of our wow. guests no good idea yes, well, de- you know you could give it a shot when the judge comes on uh you know i can't guarantee the results but no i, I just wanted to get it out here this like, it's good spitballing this one out now you know so and i, I don't now after the first one i don't want to ask for the rest of us to answer that question either so that means i, I answered I that question correctly i guess <laughs> yep. Graham's emotionally scarred, but the rest of us are Graham's good. Like, so why, why did I answer that? Why did I ask that question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I regret everything. All right, who's next? I'm going to interview Graham. All right, you got You're me. up. We'll go backwards. Okay. All right.
So, some of you may know, I th- I'm sure most of you know, that Graham has had quite an illustrious career in uh, rugby. And uh, well, don't be too modest there, sir. Uh, you know, I did a bit of research, did a little digging, a la Hot Ones, you know, and Sean from Hot Ones there. You know, I, I dug into your roots a little bit, found your old website. Um, deep diving, huh? A little deep yeah, diving on Graham. I took a look at your, your promo trailer on YouTube. Oh, you did, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, actually, to be honest, I was quite impressed because, like, I didn't, I didn't realize the extent to which you played rugby. I mean, I know a lot of guys that play rugby, and it's pretty cool. So, um, so we're gonna focus on that, if that's okay. Sure. Because I think it sounds it it seems to me like it was a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, shape has shaped who you are, and I think there's some probably some good stuff in there we can dig up. So, first question: Looking back, looking back. What period of that of that time in rugby, that career in rugby, would you classify as your like your peak, like the golden era? And uh, why? And why and why would you and why would you classify it like that? So coming down to rugby, uh the golden era was when I was uh probably it was I think it was fall the season of fall twenty thirteen, I wanna say. Twenty thirteen. I think it's twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. When um, I got a chance to play against the Maori All Blacks, and uh, we were in Philadelphia and playing in front of like 19,000, 20,000 people or something like that. And uh, I was just on the bench, and then like, all of a sudden someone got hurt, and I was a fill, and I did, they kind of scooted me in, and they were like, I could tell they were like, oh shit, this guy's going to start. We're not sure how this is going to go. Like, <laughs> I, I could feel it. I knew it. And then I was like, Whatever, and it was like I didn't really know. They just said like, "Be ready no matter what." And it wasn't until I think like the night before, he's even the morning of that they were like, <clears throat> "Hey, you're starting today." And I was like, "Okay, put me in, coach." <laughs> like, <laughs> and um, I ended up going on. We went, we would play that for that was the first game of the tour. I started it, and then we played again in Georgia when I was, we talked the last podcast talked about the country Georgia, and uh, I started that game, and we won, and we won that, and then we, I just. Uh, had this momentum and uh i played probably the best game of my life in that maori game and like i don't even remember it because i just was so in it the only thing i remember the most is at the beginning when the maori they do their their tribal war dance and their haka, haka. whatever they call yeah. it the haka mm-hmm. they call it and um i all of a sudden like feeling the whole crowd around yelling of course i'm gonna love this you guys if i hate it usa usa and like <laughs> they started responding back to the haka and like it was like the weird like the most surreal feeling and then all of a sudden like the game was over and I was in the locker room like it just like and I just, and I remember then all of a sudden like coaches were like oh my god like you know they just like you know I, I made mistakes just like at any game but it just was I didn't have to think it was so cool because my parents were both there I got to see them after the game like they they came out to Philadelphia to see it like and that that fall was probably like the highlight of my rugby time because I was I was at the top of my game I was starting for the United States national team and I was um i just like i wasn't worried or anxious about my play i just was out there doing it and like just playing it was awesome so and and then that and then the very end of my career probably playing at james bay here where i just was like having fun and not stressing about making the united states ma- making back in the national team i just was like i'm just gonna play rugby to have fun and my probably my last like two seasons were a lot of fun and enjoyable too where like again i can't even remember some games i just like had the game and then it was done and i was like oh sweet we're having beers now cool you get hit in the head a few times? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, one or two concussions. Nothing crazy. 
over the over the ten years of my rugby tenure. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. It, so the ten years. When was that that period that you just described? The ten years? No, but in the period you just described, like when you played that game, at what point? Was in ten in, years was that? Like that was in the fall of twenty thirteen. So it was probably my. I didn't start playing rugby until twenty two thousand and eight, and I stopped in. 2018, 2019. It was right in the middle. Smack dab in the middle. Like right in the middle, yeah. Hmm. Classic peak. Yeah. Interesting. So I must have been 27, 28 years old, 28, 28 years old, I think, 27, 28 years old, something like that. So So flipping on that, that was the golden year. That was the time where you're like high as a kite. Yeah. What about the uh, describe a time when you felt the the most defeated? The most defeated? That's right. Uh, so as soon as I, uh, so I came here in 2014 to play for James Bay and I went back home and I went back home in the summer and then came back again. And I thought I was supposed to be going to like a, a camp for the United States stuff. And I heard some things from coaches telling me I'm going to come back and come back. They had the 2014 was the last year they did the ARC tournament, the America's rugby championship here in, uh, Victoria. So I was already living here. Uh, Alan and I were living together and uh, I was living here. So they had me on the team and I played and they said, and I thought for sure I was going to be going on tour after that to, to the the bigger, the full national team tour. And I didn't go on that, which was like a shot in the gut. And then <clears throat> later that spring, we had Seattle come and play the James Bay and Seattle had all these guys who were all my old teammates from the national team. And Seattle had become like this huge hotbed of like national team players. And it was like me, a few uh, Canadian guys, but mostly like amateur rugby Canadian guys here. Uh, Cause mostly the, the, the Canada rugby top guys won't like come down and play in the clubs too often. So it was like me and a couple of pretty good players, but then mostly like other like club, like guys, guys who are like working, you know, trades and all sorts of stuff and working their bag off during the day. And then they come and play rugby at night. And against these guys who are all like on the verge of going pro and national team stuff. And we got our asses handed to us like a hundred some points to like seven. I don't even know if we scored. We may have been, we may have been, had a big egg on the board mm. and it was like bad. And that like, that was such a mind, uh, I'm just saying it was a mind fuck for me. And I remember after the game, like Atlanta was like, oh no, <laughs> like, cause there's all these guys who, made the team we're continuing on and then i just after that kind of was like okay i'm not gonna be doing that as much and uh just kind of changed my mentality of of it and then i had a few struggles here too in james bay we had a few players where i when i was captain and uh captain the team that just like i there was a few games where i almost punched my own players for being such idiots phil's probably heard a few of these stories I like, think I was. I think I watched that Seattle game. That was at that was at James Bay, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. I was. There. I remember that one. You are okay. correct in your description of it. What yeah. What did they do? What did they, like? Uh, you know, oh the guys. Give me an example. Want, the guys I almost wanted to punch. Yeah. Oh, they start arguing with the ref. Like when we're like, it, it's like, I, I don't care if you're a soccer fan because there's soccer fans who argue with the ref all the time. We're like rugby. I found it's like you don't argue with the ref. Like you take it, and you move on. Even if you think you're wronged, like you just take it, and you move on. You try to fix it because you can really decipher the game as a ref and like you know in your own sort of way in in little minuscule ways that you just got to kind of play the ref sometimes for certain things. And there are some guys who are getting in fights with the ref and like getting carded for not like if you hit a guy fucking hard and you hit him hard 
and you get red carded, I'll be like, okay, fair enough. Like I'm it's shitty that we're down a player. But if you are yelling at the referee and then you get red carded because you're yelling at the referee, you are such a pansy and like you are just not a man. You just don't know how to hold yourself together. And like, so like literally there was like probably more, probably five times in my second or third year here at James Bay where I almost punched out my own players because I was just pulling them away from the referee or they were just starting to pick fights for the sake of pick fights, even though like we were winning or like we were like in the game still, but they're just doing stupid stuff. And so it was, uh, that was, those were pretty close. The Seattle game and then not long after that, the next like season or two of James Bay stuff and things like that, which is like mm-hmm. 2016, 2015, 2016, 2015, I think. That's so hard what, though, right? Like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's, it's all good, man. What do you say? I was going to say like, uh, I kind of like managed a baseball team I played on for like three years, I think. And again, like kind of guys from 20 to 24 in that range. And I feel the same thing as you, Graham, in that I feel it's something that separates anybody who's pro from anybody who's amateur is that ability, the emotional control on, on the sports field, whatever it may be, or in the field of play is like, it's, it's a big separator for the maturity level or the understanding of um, when's a good time to argue, when you just have to take it. And you, you know, it's refs are like cops for the game, right? When's the last time you argued with a cop about something and you changed his mind on the side of the road, right? Like it doesn't happen, whether it be hockey or rugby or baseball, like you never argue. And the cops like, you're right. You know what? I was wrong. Like that never happens. But I, I there's a level of maturity there, but I kind of, I could feel the frustration of wanting to hurt your own teammates because they're being tools. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's just mind boggling. So yeah, there's, there's two individuals, which I won't name, but there's two individuals I can just see right now. And like, I can feel it again. We're like, Oh man, I just want to knock you the fuck out. Like, <laughs> like I'll be like, I'll give you a red card myself. Like ref, give me the red card. Like get out of here. Like get, I don't want you around here. Like it's just the worst. So, um, what, like, what would you say helped you bounce back? Like mentally, how did you, how did you come out of that? Uh, Cause you're out of it now. Oh yeah. And like I said, that's why I said, my, that's why it's funny. Like, so there's like this, build up to my golden era or whatever sort of thing and then i was there for a bit and then it kind of dropped down a bit and then dropped down more and then my last two two years were like fun because a i stopped i stopped being captain because i just couldn't handle the politics and the bullshit of all sorts of things so i said no i'm gonna play i'm gonna show up tuesday show up thursday show up saturday you know we that's a classic rugby schedules tuesday thursday practice saturday games and um so I, i was like i'll do that and i did that for my last year or two years and then it was just fun it was just out there having fun with the boys playing some rugby not worrying if i'm gonna make the national team or get looked at for this or that thing or the other like and i was just out there playing and having fun and put my body in the line for my boys i'm playing rugby with side by side and just like giving it and i still was like and then if like you said if someone went down or something happened like i was still a decision maker and like a leader on the team but like i didn't have the pressure of captain or these sort of things and all sorts of stuff and i just i took pressure off myself and i just was able to go and just have fun and enjoy it and um and that's why like, even now like, i think back i think back about rugby and sometimes Lana asks me questions about rugby and it stresses me out a little bit but then i think about like oh man it'd be fun just like go out and just like play some touch rugby and just like put the boots back on and run around a little bit and just not give mm-hmm. a shit about it and just have some fun so i just i i i'm i stress case myself very easily and uh so rugby i look back on and 
especially the USA times, I was very stressed out because I just wanted to like be perfect. I didn't want to screw up. I wanted to like keep making things. And so I think that was my own downfalls. I wanted to be too perfect and I was too worried about what I was doing. And when I look back at those like two ga- two or three games in that highlight, I was at the top, not worrying about screwing things up. And I played amazing. I played great, you know? So there's some wisdom there for sure. Oh yeah. There's been some growth and wisdom and looking back and, figuring how much of a head case I was and continue to try not to be. <laughs> so that's a, that's an awesome segue into the final question then. So how do you think all that time playing rugby, learning all those things at such a high competitive level, you know, with the ups and downs and the highs and the lows, how's it going to prepare you for fatherhood, sir? Uh, it's funny. I think about that and see like, um, and I talk about like, we're always fascinated to see like, what's our kid going to be interested in? I think about what my kids going to do and I don't really have any pressure. Like people think like, Oh, they're going to be, a, they're gonna probably going to play rugby. Right. I'm like, I don't know if they want to, like, I never felt pressure from my parents to do anything. They always offered things for me to try. And if I wanted to try them, I tried them. And uh, I had this conversation with my dad the other day. I was just like, yeah, like I loved how much stuff like you guys had me, you offered for me to do. Like I try, I played like every sport under the sun. And, but then it's like, we were, my sister and I were signed up for like tennis for like a couple of months. And then like, I was like, nah, I don't really like this. And then mom and dad were like, oh, okay, that's fine. We paid for you to do it up to this point. So you're going to finish this out. And then after that, you don't have to do anymore. And you're like, okay, that's fair. And like, you just find a way to have fun with it, enjoy it. And no big deal. And no, like, okay, I don't have to do this again. So just being like open to like whatever they want to do and like provide opportunities for them to do so, especially like when they're really, really little, like you just kind of force them into things and then. If they don't like it, it doesn't stick, it doesn't stick and whatever else. But also too, like everyone thinks sports where like I grew up playing every sport in the sun, but also in high school, I was a big theater. I was a big theater rat. Like I did like, oh, I did like technical theater. Go. I did like lighting design, set design, building sets, like all that sort of stuff. I helped like run, like stage manage the shows and stuff like that. And like, I love that stuff. It was so much fun. And like all my friends that I talked to back, like all my friends from high school are all my old theater buddies. And, um, and stuff like that and like it, it some of them still have pieces of it they do but it's like that's why like you know i'm like it's cool if our kids gonna be in the theater stuff or music like you know I, pl- I play guitar and i grew up i've played in three bands in high school two bands in high school three bands in high school and do all that sort of music stuff so like i've always been given lots of opportunities to try different stuff and that's why i'm just like kind of like i just don't want to have to have any pressure and lana's another person too where she's like i don't want to have all this pressure for kids to do stuff so it's like we want to throw them opportunities and if they don't like it then that's fine. But like giving them, teaching them that value that like, I feel like my parents taught me like, give it a shot, finish it out to this point, And then like decide if you want to continue it or not. Right. Like, don't just like go for one day and like, I'm done. Like, cause you can still learn something from it, whether you actually enjoy doing it or you don't. So mm-hmm. what are your, what are your degrees in Graham? For those of us who don't know, uh, I have a secondary education degree for, uh and for fifth through twelfth grade that's long expired now but uh secondary education bachelor fine arts or bachelor and bachelor of fine arts bachelor of arts i don't remember it's been too long i don't use it (laughs) (laughs) you you know what and uh you probably do probably use more than you think i had a minor in photography as well phil there it is love it and uh and then all my certificates for all that other fun stuff that was after university, all the fitness stuff after university. I just wanted to hear you say photography. The rugby guy likes photography. What's wrong with that? Nothing, man. Yeah, it's interesting. We, uh, it's similar to what you're saying there. 
Graham, we, uh, we, I have a motto for the kids because my kids are toddlers, right? At the, at the dinner table and dinner table is always a good time. You'll get to know how that goes. And, uh, the, uh, the motto is you always try everything once it, you know, it, I find if with our kids anyway, if you instill, instill that early on, then it tends to carry a little ways. Although I'm fine. The six-year-old is now starting to buck the trend, but, um, you know, friends of ours and stuff like that, based on that motto, my, my kids eat like all the weird shit, like hmm. the, th- the things that, that, that most kids, you know, parents will be like, Oh no, they'll never eat that. You know, like they, they, pr- they prefer to eat veggies, which is bizarre. Um, Your kids do. Yeah. They prefer vegetables exactly. like broccoli, all this other stuff. Um, but then they'll like, they'll try this other stuff. And so I think it falls in line with, with what you're saying, right? Like, give the opportunities show that there's it, it always takes a little bit of commitment and then if it gets to the point where the return is not worth it then you know try something else give it the old college try right so i guess this is where i come in <laughs> <laughs> oh jordan you're still here graham yeah graham speaking theoretically matt you're in you're you're still in the idealist phase of parenting and it's here great comes, it- and I, I see that I see that you're starting to see the cracks and you still have hope. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, my kid, my kids used to order salad at the restaurant all the time. I was like, I got the best kids in the world. Now it's my my daughter will only eat orange things and Takis. So um, like they started off so great. My my son's still good, but the the girl was not, uh, you know, got, got pretty defined, you know, and, and to the point where it's like, yeah, I, my son wanted to do baseball. We do baseball. He wants to quit. I'm like, well, you got to finish out the year. And he's like, I don't want to. And I was like, well, you somehow suckered me into being a coach for this team. And I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> and I have to finish the season. So you have to finish the season. So, um, but uh but he would he'll he'd still see things through my daughter if she's like "Mm, i'm done good luck and uh you can you can always try but you know they also become their own people Mm -hmm. and and you know i i just think of how intense it was back then i remember it it wasn't that long ago it's funny because now the amount of pressure that we have in our lives is infinitely more than you had in your life Mm -hmm. at 14 but I wouldn't trade positions with my son ever to, to, to go back to being the horror of being 14. So your son, you said your son's 14. Now, how old was he when that baseball scenario happened? Oh, I was like, uh, he was like 11, I think, or 12. 11, and then 12. the, fu- and then at the end of the year, the coach, um, you, the, no, no, I was, yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, I was the secondary coach because okay, so I didn't know what the hell I was coach. doing, but the guy who actually, coach. Yeah, I was an assistant coach. Well, and then sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the capital coach um, wouldn't wouldn't show up, and I'd have to run a practice, and I'd be like, I don't know, kids, you're kind of on your own here. And the parents would be like, my kids aren't getting anything out of this, and pull the, they'd pull their kids out, and I was like, oh, this is great practice. It's going to end early. I can just go home. Um, so so you I were the <laughs> assistant to the uh, assistant, assistant coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I very mean, different. Really, very different. But that the, guy, but that, but that guy who I was the assistant to was a disaster in itself. So it was a rough season. We didn't win any games, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. It was you, a, it you, was you had a bagel season. 
<laughs> oh, I think we won the last game of the year. I think that was the first first game we won was the last game of the year, and it felt great, honestly. <laughs> but um, it was it was a real Disney Disney moment. I never thought you would have been a baseball coach. No, and so me neither. No, no, I, I don't even know you that. I well. think it's good. You had the experience. I think it's a good it's, thing it's you did. Great. It. Yeah, I just I'm surprised to hear that you you did it. But like you had said to your kid, he he suckered you into being a coach, so he's gonna finish the season because you have to finish the season. Yeah, well, and and honestly, I mean, I did give it a shot, but there were a couple of pretty rough practices. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, we're back. Hi, Phil. Um, yes, Phil. Yes. Question one: How often <laughs> do you have a kit a a kid's go-go applesauce. Ooh, probably every other day. Because during the break, you had a quick one. And I, I thought, that's interesting. How often do They're, you have every other day? I would say so. It depends. I have them in my work bag, in my gym bag, and at home. If I'm snacky and I don't have anything ready or near me, I'll have one of those real quick. Just kind of holds you over. What's the idea? Like, is is it is there a, a, a actual like a health minded uh, focus about it? Like, it's it's extra no. subtle. No, okay. Like, this no. is an unhealthy sort of, or whatever. It's just you're just kind of taking in some extra sugar or whatever. Yeah, they're delicious. Let's see here. Oh, okay, we got perhaps. we got here. We got twelve grams of sugar. Nice. Some calories. Mm. Some carbs. Nice. It's just delicious. Just something to hold yeah. you over. So now, yes. what it? Why I don't? Do you ever have like just an apple? Do you have an apple as well as an applesauce in your bag by chance? No. Do you? No, because an apple gets all apple? beat up. Yeah, you can't put an apple. An in apple. A bag. It's like putting a yeah, an apple or a banana in a bag. It's just going to yeah. get beat to shit. You put it in a bag. You leave it in a car. It gets all hot. It's banged up and Come hot on, now. And you've got like a yeah. hot applesauce under your car seat. Why would you do that to yourself, Graham? That's a yeah, good like, music track name. Like a mushy. Well, hot hot applesauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be good, actually. Hot sauce. Oh fuck! Was that question one? Was an apple? Yeah. Did you just know I was going to yeah. hit an applesauce tonight? No, I just. You, but crazy, when you man. when you hit an applesauce during the break, I was like, I'm just curious how often you have that. Uh, and I thought I'd save it for now. All right. All right, Phil. Jordan, what drives you? What drives me? You're a fit guy. You, you work out a lot. You're at the, you volunteer and help out at the gym a lot while also being a fireman, while also traveling the world, thanks to this lovely lady in your life. Obviously, without having little ones to take care of, that's going to help give you more Bonus. free time. What, uh, what, what drives you to, uh, to do all to the do things? things. Um, <clears throat> that's fair. That's a fair question. Uh, so there's a lot there. So I guess to, for my drive at work, um i like i've always liked like helping people i've always worked in like uh service related jobs if you will so um my first job my first i guess real job i worked at uh, the capital six movie theater downtown for a couple years service industry really enjoyed that i worked at uh butchard gardens for 10 years um again heavily service industry i really enjoyed that like obviously as you all would know or I assume so. I enjoy talking at various volumes. So, um, and I yeah. like, I like the, the interaction of people. I like uh, kind of being busy. I, I never wanted a, a job sitting behind a desk. It was kind of pretty clear, although I did go to, like, I did do my, I did a diploma through Camosun 
for business. And I did my post-secondary for that, but really that was because uh, fire departments prefer um, candidates with some post-secondary um, training, whether it be a trade or a degree or diploma. So really I was at Camosun just to kind of better my chances. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I enjoy the job. I have a, a lot of passion for the job. It's a, it's a great job. It's essentially like a, in, in a way it's like a professional team sport. Like, you know, on a truck, there's four of us typically, and we go and we do everything together. We go on calls together. We, you know, we essentially live together. And so it does feel like a bit of a team. So in my work capacity, that's kind of what drives me. I enjoyed the variety is always nice. That's what I liked when I worked at, uh, worked at the gardens. Uh, every day has like a rough schedule, but every day is different. And I enjoyed that variety. And it's the same in, in the fire department is you never know what any day is going to bring. And uh, that variety keeps things interesting. There's also a ton to learn and you're always, always learning new methods, new equipment, new techniques so uh it doesn't really get very stale in some ways uh that way so i really enjoyed that and then um for fire when i was working at butch arts i was the first aid attendant there for a number of years uh 2008 to 2000 2007 or 2008 to 2014 when i left um and when i went through that first aid course it was an ofa3 course so the idea is you know that we went through it and while the gardens is in a residential area, we would have people in the course that were going up to mining camps or logging camps. So the the skills you learn are for essentially if you are an hour away from help, which we never were obviously working at Butch Arts, but um, because the gardens has, you know, arborists and welders and painters and mechanics and woodworker, like woodworking and electricians, they needed, they require, I guess, a, a higher level of first aid training. Anyways, long story. I went through that my first time doing my OFA three and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. It's hands-on. It's different. It's um, it's, you know, it's, it's challenging. What can I do with this? And I started, I started looking at, you know, maybe BC ambulance, maybe some sort of other niche. And I said, well, you know, looking at ambulance, it's like, they, they only do medical. That's like their bread and butter, right? That's what they do. Is there something more, uh, that I can incorporate the same training into. And the fire was kind of the next logical step in that we go to a lot of mm. the more serious medical calls that ambulance gets. We are also dispatched to. And then on top of medical, you've got, you know, you have fire, you have rope rescue, you have hazmat, you have just helping the public. Um, you have a whole and everything in between, right? If people don't know who to call, they essentially call the fire department to, to try to help. So that was, uh, super attractive to me so all that variety motivates me for that for the gym the gym is like a version of stress relief for me um i feel for all of us or anybody who is super physically active like playing sports in high school 2006 somewhere in there is when i started going to commonwealth i would go before work i'd go at like five in the morning i would go and work out and i'd go to work and it kind of was my outlet to de-stress but also i you know enjoy the challenge of fitness whatever it may be and then i started crossfit and through you know in with cam kind of in 2011 or 2012 cam used to see me at pisces working out and he'd be like 
you'd be really good at CrossFit. You should try it. And I was like, ah, I kind of like doing like the bodybuilding stuff. Like I just kind of like, you know, buys and tries and back day. And, and then he did that, like literally like every other month he would come by and have that exact, you would really like it. You should try it. And eventually kind of wormed its way into myself and um, Caleb, who used to be one of our coaches and is out at life tree. Now he would, Cam would put out these like little weekly challenges and they were CrossFit workouts, but we would, we would do them at Pisces and we would record them on an old website called uh, my friend time that was built by, I think somebody cam new in Victoria. And there was, there was a handful of us on that and, you know, you would log in your times and, and that kind of got me in, in, into CrossFit. And then same thing with CrossFit is it's so varied and there's so many disciplines. It's hard to get really good at one and the variety keeps it all interesting. So that's what I guess drives me that way. And then, yeah, busy with other stuff. Like I like, I enjoy um, volunteering for our charitable with work, the Sanch firefighters association. We do a lot of charitable stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't, know, my drive is varied, but I feel like the, the variety is at its core, one of my motivators, but also, you know, whether it be stress relief or enjoying what you do or whatever, that's uh, I feel that's what drives me long answer. So hearing you, hearing you just list off, all that stuff, which is like, I learned a few new things in there yeah, as I well, did. Phil. Do you, do you ever chill the fuck out? Um, I'm pretty busy. Uh, yeah, between between <laughs> between coaching. That's what I'm well, saying. I'm That's pretty busy. You sound, I don't think I have time. You sound pretty busy. That's what I'm saying. Do you ever like? Besides, I know you like to sip your whiskey and chill out, but like, is it a fil- like? Because I know, like, I've really learned to chill out. And to like relax a bit more because I would be go, 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 go. And I still have moments like that. I still have days like that. I still have weeks like that. But like, do you ever just like chill out and do Yeah, nothing? I have a hard time doing that though. <laughs> like, I don't mind like a, a day yeah. or an afternoon of that. Because I appreciate, I appreciate your, I appreciate your drive because given what I see you do for the gym as a volunteer, as a paid coach, as just a gym member, like you do a lot of great things. I know how good of a, I know I tease you about saving <laughs> cats, but like, I know how good. I, I know how good of a firefighter you are and like all the stuff you guys do and like what, what your job entails. Like, I respect you crazy. That's why I give you shit about it. But like, it's just like, yeah, seriously. I mean, we're, we get Phil shit because we're all like, man, the guy's a fucking firefighter. <laughs> like yeah. we work behind well, especially some of this, staring especially at some multiple of screens all day <laughs> and he's getting cats, but sometimes he's putting out fucking fires. Sometimes, too. you know, we're doing all sorts of other stuff that we probably don't even realize that, uh, you know, they do that uh, is of great service to the community. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's cool that like you and Amy were able to travel the other year. You know, you started doing that and getting off the content for you because especially you know, never being off the content like we learned last last week. Like, that's so cool for you to do that because that's like something where it's just like it's something totally different. So like, out of your busy, busy, busy. And I was just like, I'm just fascinated to like because I love your drive. I love that's why one of the things I, I you can say you love it about me, man. About you is, like, you can say you love me. It's fine, man. We're cool. We're cool. <laughs> I know you say you say it. Um, well, I appreciate that. But I don't, I, I, yeah. I, I think that there are, there are a lot of us, um, in the line of work I'm in that until we stop, we don't realize, and I feel it goes for, I'm sure you guys feel it as well. Is that like when you truly kind of stop and slow down, you realize you've been running at like 110%, right? Like only with a full day off or some time off or holidays or whatever. 
do you truly reflect back on maybe how busy you are? I, I don't know. I, I think that's a, a pretty strong characteristic of a lot of us um, at, at my job. I think the beginning, the beginning of the pandemic was definitely that. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I was flying all over the place and I was, I was so busy and then suddenly nothing. And uh, yeah, it was just like, Whoa, it was such a, such a, and then, uh, well, is so. it, we find, no, no, G, go. I was just saying we, we find that we, we find that with ourselves as well, like Alan and I were like, like during the pandemic, we're like, okay, we're in a pandemic. Okay. We're going to be still okay. Like I'm working this and that. And all of a sudden we're like basement suite, complete reno. Okay. Shed reno. And like, we just like threw all these things on top of one another, like back to back to back. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? And then like, all of a sudden we look back now, like thinking about the things we did in like the first six months of like the COVID thing, where it's just like, the hell just yeah. happened. And then like, now we've just been like, all right, we'll chill. <laughs> like, okay, we got six more months until the baby comes, or four, five more months now until the baby comes. We'll just chill out. We'll just chill out and not do much. But, I, but like, it's crazy. You can you get you're right. Like, you can all run like 110 miles an hour, and then be like, why am I running 110 miles an hour? This is like, there's no point for me to do be doing this. That and, and one one, um, I feel that uh, for a lot of people, and I know this is from both people have heard at the gym. I feel, and also at work, is like Christmas is a real time where people realize that that like that have that reflection on how busy they are because Christmas things are closed. You know, f- you know, families can get busy, and I understand that. But typically, you've got some time off work. That you're, you know, the gym is closed. The places you might like to go are, are closed for a day or two. I feel that Christmas is can, can be really a um, a reflection of like, oh man, like I am busy. Like I've got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, to, it's all about balance. I do enjoy like coming home and, you know, I need sometimes like some quiet time um, just to chill out and do mindless things. Uh, but between work um, and I'm our treasurer on our union executive and I'm on our strata and the charitable stuff and coaching the gym and then working out like the plate is full, but uh, I, I enjoy it if and, and you, there it's all about kind of found that balance and your tolerance too right like I think there's a, a level of tolerance that everybody has and it might change over time with what you're going through in life um, so it's just I feel about just balancing that or, or or on the flip side is asking for help when it becomes too much like you have to recognize that right because it can be destructive versus like productive at some point right totally okay, so so you you elected to be part of a strata and did you say you run um no i'm not the president i'm the vice president of our buildings strata um assistant to the president exactly uh and so so it's not like we don't have a big building and you know the secondary president yeah 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 yeah, that's that's i'm not president i'm junior president president. (laughs) i'm vice coach that's what it just vice vice coach yeah so like uh but it's something again it's you know, that, that's something I look at. And you, if you look at it on its own, it's like, well, I live in this building. I, I paid fees. I'd like to know where the money's going and what is happening and essentially what is my house. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, so I, yeah. I was on the Strata three years ago and I was on last year and then this year again. So three of the five years I've lived here, I've been involved and in just trying to help out, I feel and, and offering. um maybe not some insight but some ability to, to troubleshoot or or maybe you know i i'm not very wishy-washy in some opinions or you know if something has to get done it's got to get done so i think i can help in that way so we also had somebody on the strata for the last couple of years 
or lost number number of years who was who's been in the building for a very long time and would often talk down to others on the council and that pissed me right off so the last the last meeting of last year i was not rude but i feel very direct and he ended up quitting he's like I, i'm not done i'm not being on the strat anymore it's like okay i'll see you later right like you know everybody's kind of tired of your shit so i'm gonna call you on it and now you don't want to be called on it and you want to leave okay sweet i'll step up and i'll try to help out right so yeah crazy busy but all good all good oh, stuff there you go good phil you got some questions for your chest and see if he's a is he vice parent well, of the we, house we, or, we, 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 yeah secondary we, secondary parent yeah, we know the, the answer parent? to that that's a dumb question grant but okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna give him the benefit of the doubt <laughs> uh, i don't know i coached his wife for a number of years i feel i know what happened um old beef the old beef old beef yeah So I have a, I have a few questions here, Matt. I, I want to start though. Um, and I feel like our, if anybody cares to listen or amongst us, I feel you're such a nice guy, but I am curious what makes you very angry and why? Oh, that's interesting. That's a great question. I, um, I don't get angry very often. Okay. It's quite first rare. of all, you yelled at your kids. The last, the last podcast. Yeah, that I want to hear, I want to hear how you got your angry. It's not anger though. It's not anger. No. No, that's just expressing power. Oh, that's well worded. That's it's it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's more using my authority. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it's more. Uh, so the, I'll tell you the one thing that that I actually encountered today at work, uh, which is really interesting, and it just threw off my whole day. Uh, so willful willful ignorance is is my is my one of my major triggers. So if somebody's going to be willfully ignorant when they have an opportunity to enlighten themselves or learn about something and they're instead making the choice to remain ignorant that infuriates <laughs> me and it's it, it is irrational i go i sort of fucking go nuclear oh, and and it actually brings out like really bad habits it brings out really bad habits in myself and i i notice them and i try and work on them um cuz then i really want to like go to them just to keep going or I'll, or I'll actually get to the point where I want to um, engage them in some sort of philosophical discussion and really just start fucking with them because they're being so incredibly ignorant. Um, yeah, so that's actually that's willful that's what makes me ignorance. That's good to know, guys. Write that you down. Yeah, you would love you would love Twitter, man. <laughs> that's why I don't actually have. That's why I don't have social media it's because literally you have Instagram. Twitter. Yeah, I, I've actually stopped using. You notice I don't post anymore. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. it's because I just I can't stand it. It is just it's, like it's who rough, are man. these? Were too rough. many people shitting on the your photos of your cocktails? Yeah, no. <laughs> my all my my four followers. Yeah, <laughs> I feel <laughs> me, Phil Jordan, and yeah. Maddie Poon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and my wife would give me the pity, the pity like. Yeah. Uh, you don't count. You're my wife. But that was Mike Mather. See, I remember you posting a Sazerac once, and I was like, God damn. You love a Sazerac, huh? You're yeah. a Sazerac guy, aren't you? Oh, Sazerac's I classic. Love, I love Sazerac. We need to have it's a cocktail night next time we're all in person. Oh, we, we will, for sure. Cocktail. Yeah. That'll we will, be for sure. <laughs> I think cocktail night's podcast night. I can, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Same and same. Um, uh, all right. So <laughs> that was good. Uh, uh, Matt, I would like you to tell us a time you made a poor decision, but were able to learn from it. Mm. 
Don't say the tattoo. You're right. <laughs> yeah, the, the tattoo story. The dragon That's doesn't right, count. Yeah, totally. There's a lot. <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> it makes me. It may, I wonder what my wife told you. Those are coming up. Don't worry. I got decision was. Oh, is that why you were texting her? I got a few more questions. We got to get through. I got. I want to. I want to ask these. You guys like these? Um, there's been definitely a few, as I'm sure we all have. Uh, I would say. Let me think. The one that comes to mind right away is um, long time ago when I was younger, right before I started going to university. You know, as as you do with your friends on Friday night, you're like, let's get let's get hammered. So. We decided that night, though, to to drink my buddy's homemade wine, like his parents' homemade wine. That was a bad decision. <laughs> so it, it was in those green two-liter bottles, yeah. you know, like the unlabeled. Like the pop bottles, like a two-liter pop super bottle. Gr- yeah, pop bottles, yeah, yeah, totally. But green. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, like a ginger ale, unlabeled yes. ginger ale bottle. Um, but it's red wine. Oh, so bad. <laughs> and it, the, the, the night ended with, um, well, we had paper towel the neighbor's house. Or uh, toilet paper to neighbor's house. Paper <laughs> I know, We tried their whole house. That was the that was the that was the, that was the uh, in the rich neighborhood we used paper towels <laughs> and toilet paper. Um, yeah. you know, four ply. Yeah, no. Uh, and uh, then so yeah, we did that. And then my cousin who was with me, he um ended up humping like a big development sign in the middle of the night. Like just dropped his drop trow and did that. And then uh, he got. Uh, uh, the cops came at some point. We had to convince them that we weren't hammered, uh, and it worked somehow. Um, but I remember pushing the thing. I do remember it was the whole thing was a bad decision. But I remember pushing my cousin home. He's six seven, by the way. I'm just average. I'm like five ten, and so he, I was pushing him, and he was leaning back, like really far back, and I was pushing him from behind. And uh, he was he's 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 super into bat basketball, and he's like Vince. Vince and it was Vince Carter and he was he was like pretend he was so drunk the only way I could get him to walk was to say that Vince Carter wants to have a dunk off <laughs> with you and you got to keep going because we got to get back to the house because that's where Vince Carter is so anyway that was the bad that was a bad choice that's so good I like that that's good um question number three I recently learned you have a deadly fear of sand snakes <laughs> how how and where did this fear start? Holy shit, she's gonna get it. Who's uh, who is she? Uh, B face. Um, oh, B face. So it's not sna- it's not sand snakes. One correction: it's not sand snakes. It's oh, sand from, worms uh, from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Oh, from Beetlejuice. Yeah. So uh, before we had kids, we were living down in James Bay, and. As you do, you have a nightmare or like a really vivid dream. And I woke up and I ended up not waking up. I just got up. So I was like sleepwalking. But I still remember it. And I just a fun fact about beaver chests is PJs are for chumps. So I don't wear PJs. Uh, so uh, oh. I got up in the middle of the night and I, Megan tells it like this. She, she sort of feels me get up from the, from the bed. But then like, you know, you can tell when somebody's like, acting weird they're not like going to the washroom they're not doing anything they're just sort of like there's like weird movement so she wakes up and she sees me like in a ninja pose at the foot of the bed <laughs> naked, naked. Oh <laughs> and staring at her like about ready to like i don't know like shuriken her or horyuken her or something like that 
And she's like, what, uh, what's going on? <laughs> and, and apparently what I said was like, you're a sand snake <laughs> or sorry, sorry. You're a sna- sandworm. You're a sandworm from Beetlejuice. And like, I remember it's partly like from my, from my point of view, I remember like thinking that all her like legs under the covers were like these sandworms coming out of the sand from Beetlejuice. Anyway. I, I remember walking like I had to I had to like ninja around the bed because like it might it might jump out at any point, and then I uh, got into the ensuite and then I like came to and that was it and then I turned around and I was like what the hell and yeah sandworms thanks thanks do you Phil. sleepwalk do you sleepwalk that's often good. or talk no that's like the only oh, time so good do you still s- sorry here's a question because I'm just I don't sleep in the nude but if you, you should you slept, try it. if you slept in the nude. Before you had kids, and then you started kids, and the kids want to come join you in bed. Mm-hmm. What what did tuck. you do in that situation? You tuck. You tuck. Like you tuck the sheets in really tight I so did. they can't get in. Or do no, you, you, t- yeah, you tuck okay. something yeah. else. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You go, you do the RuPaul thing and tuck it back. Hundred percent. That's so. All right, Graham. Good luck. <laughs> do you still do you do you, st- do you still sleep? In the nude now? Oh yeah, yeah, man. I'm never gonna wear P- PJ. I'm with. I'm in the new P- no PJ camp either. No, doesn't work. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. None. Nothing. Freedom. Zero. Freedom, Gordon. Graham. You should know that. Boxers. Nope. You wear boxers. I wear a pair of shorts. I will pair. I wear a pair of shorts. Mm. It's all like, oh, like it's all bound up yeah. and get like, come on. Oh, it's like free flowing shorts. Like, well, here's if I don't have kids in the house, then I'll do it. <laughs> Will you do it when you, will you do it but when you're by yourself or with your girlfriend? I don't want to have. Oh, for sure. But I just don't want to have to tuck it back. Yeah. Well, like you're controlling, and they're gonna come jump in your bed randomly, like as no. as often as a little. little no, but here's little. the other thing. I sleepwalk. <laughs> oh. oh, you do sleepwalk. I have a history of sleepwalking. Yes. Like recently, have you had it happen? I don't always know. I kind of need other people to tell me when it happens. Well, but has your time. girlfriend or told you or what? No, not not in the last like year, I don't think. But um, but yeah, I've I've done it a ton of times. Generally during times where there's a lot of stress uh, and whatnot, uh, I'll start doing it. I've like I've woken up in the alley behind my <laughs> house uh, when I lived in Vancouver. What? That's no joke, oh, man. Oh God! Yeah, I was just like standing in my boxers in the alley behind my house, and then I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Um. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a disorienting experience. <laughs> and um, there's times where I've like gotten up and made food, um, and then just left it on the counter and stuff like that. Like I don't know. This is right of the stepbrothers. Did you put the pillows <laughs> in the oven? Is that like? Is that what, like? Did you do that too? Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. But now See, that you've put that idea in my oh, head, I might I hope, do it the I next time I sleepwalk. Do you know what's funny though? Is that like I. I if it happens, dog. I'm going to have to call you to come put out the fire. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm game. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's easier ways to hang out. But. <laughs> yeah, there's, see, I, had, I had one bout of sleepwalking when I was a kid, but what's really funny that's really interesting to me is that Alana, my wife, she would do this thing, we call it raccooning, where she'd get up in the middle of the night. She wasn't quite sleeping. She wasn't quite awake. And like the next morning, she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I I got up to eat something," and I would I'd always wake up before her, and I would wake up to what her staple would be would be the jar of peanut butter opened, spoonful of peanut butter on the counter, half banana, and like it's cut up and like it would just be left like wide open like a Weird. raccoon had just come in through the kitchen, and like 
it, that's what it started as. It was like banana and peanut butter. Banana and peanut butter was out on the counter. And she'd wake up middle of the night, probably five out of seven nights of the wow. week. And like she'd do that like crazy. Now that she's pregnant, nothing. Never touches, never goes out in the middle of the night. She sleeps, she falls asleep, she's out. She'll get to go to pee maybe, like probably do that. But never eats anything. Like, But before being pregnant, the seven years before her being pregnant, it was like, I had to, like, it started to be like, I hide the peanut butter. We had a lock on our fridge <laughs> because she would like open the fridge up. She would start just chugging milk in the middle of the night. And like, I'd find an, an apple with like a piece of out. I'd have like a bubbly, like one of the bubbly water sparkling drinks. It'd be like half drink on the thing. I'm like, did I drink half that and leave it out last night? I'm like, oh no, Helena was up last night raccooning. And there'd be a few times where she'd be raccooning <laughs> and I'd go pee. And I'm like, where? All of a sudden, like, I'd be like, kind of in my days, like, oh, I just peed. Like, I'd come back to bed, like, where's Alana? And I'd hear her, and I would love it when I realized she's raccooning, and I was like awake enough to be like, oh, I'm going to catch her. And I'd turn the light on, and she's just like, <laughs> like looking over, like, and, like just peanut butter and banana, like, Ooh. and then she's like, mm, no. And then she's like, just run back into bed and pass out. And then I'd be the next morning, I'd be like, do you remember me seeing, like, turning the light on? She's like, no. That's so good. <laughs> just be like, so, some. Some nights she would, some nights she wouldn't, but man, it is so funny that like, and th- now it's so funny because when she's pregnant, nothing. Hasn't done a thing. Nothing. That's crazy. I, I guess it's more like, I didn't think sleepwalking was super common. And like, obviously this kind of clears it up and there's, there's a guy at work on one of the other shifts that does the same thing. So, it, you know, like sometimes on nights he'll like, you know, you'll wake up and he'll be standing over your fucking bed. Right. And you're like, what the hell is this? Right. But like, and it'll just carry on, like just or like kind of doing laps and stuff like that. It's just like it's one of those things. It's I didn't think it was so common, but now hearing that we all have fucking connections to it, it that's hilarious. That's so good. Um, I don't know how we're doing for time here, fellas, because like I got two more, but they're not as relevant as those ones. So I don't know. One more. Quick I think one. that's a. I think that's a good spot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it. One more. Do one more, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I got I got two to choose from here. I don't know what I want to go with. Okay, well if we're gonna we're gonna keep people up here a little bit. Um, again, Matt, I, I've learned recently. I'm sure you know you have a variety of interests, um, and I'm hoping there's a good story behind this question uh, related to your interests. How long do you figure a human could live off powdered food voluntarily versus forced, <laughs> and how much powder? How much How powdered you? food is too much powdered food? First, before you answer, give us some background to one of yeah, you. Yeah, Matt, give question. us some background yeah. about the powdered food conversation. I, I need just, some uh, context here. Yeah, I need yeah. context too, because how did you even come across that? How did you, how lo- did you even know to lovely, ask that? Your lovely wife, I'm sure. Wasn't he? Yeah. No, was Bill was texting her. I don't know who, she she, who that guy is, but... I hear you bought a hundred pounds of powdered okay. food once and thought it was a good idea. That's a lot. A hundred pounds. Hundred pounds. It wasn't. That's not even metric. That's not even metric. Yeah, like forty-five um, kilos. Blasphemy. Yeah. So, so I've tried a bunch of different weird diety things just to see like if they if they're real or not. And one of them, one of them that I that I was sort of into for a while was. Um, basically, like Soylent. So, have you guys heard of Soylent? Yeah, Soylent. Soylent. Yeah. Good. Which which company was it? Well, I tried Soylent. Okay. 
which is an actual product. Oh, the, the brand Soylent. Okay, let me look. Yeah. And then there's another one that I honestly can't remember what it is now. Um, that was better. And I tried that for a while. But yeah, essentially, that's what it was. It was like meal replacement. It was nutritionally complete packets of powdered, you know, stuff. A lot of it's like fiber and, um, you know, oats and vitamins and all this other stuff and protein. And like, yeah, you just shake it, like do shake. And that's, that's all you eat shakes. So, so yeah, my, my, <laughs> it had a deal or something on it. I think it was like 50, 50% off. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll totally do this. <laughs> so then I just, I just, I just, I was like, ah, you know, 50% off 500 bucks. Okay. I guess 250 is not too bad. So I, uh, I, yeah, I ordered like two, 250 bucks worth of stuff and like it arrived in this like big box and it's just like tinfoil. Like silver packets. Like, it looks like um, like MREs. Army like that's is that what it comes in? Yeah, it looks like MREs. It looks like MREs. Do you yeah. still? But then you just you like still have any left from the giant order? Did you eat them all? No, I think Megan. <laughs> no, it got really old really fast. Now speaking of eating them all, Matt, did you not used to be? Uh, didn't you used to be like over three hundred pounds? Uh huh. Yeah. Hey, me too. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Wasn't that the worst? Yeah, totally. it was. So was it? So was this this idea of buying all this powdered food or package? What did you call it? Um, what was the term used? In, yeah, soylent. Oh, do you have some? I have two right oh, here. Really? Whole food. Yeah, whole food. Oh, whole food. Yeah, whole food. that was one too. Yeah. I have a chocolate and I have a vanilla here. Yeah, yeah. I uh, ordered them uh, like four years ago or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Matt's and, like, I uh, can relate. I was <laughs> like, I'm gonna try these. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'll get into it, but that I, I didn't even have these. In the end, um, we both sort of had the same experience, but it sounds like yours cost you a lot more money. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just paid for $4 shipping for these two. Well, you didn't spend $250. So, point, I tried it for a while. At what could, point, Matt, was, was, the, was the purchase of this, was this like well after you lost oh, the yeah. weight? Oh, yeah, well after. Oh, okay, so you're just like, trying to find some sort of new little... Oh, was just it, was it good at first at all? It was. It yeah. was like I did like it for a bit, and then, but then, like it's just, it's basically just. You know what? You know what it exactly is, is that slop from the Matrix. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. So you know when he first gets awakened, yep. when Neo gets awakened, right? He's sitting in the Nebuchadnezzar. Was it Dozer? Is it he's Dozer down in the there? galley there? I think it was. I think it was Dozer. Uh, yeah. yeah, it could be. Could be. And he's sitting there, and he's like all sort of whatever like getting used to this whole new reality and they and they slop that stuff right and they're like eating this like oatmeal-y looking stuff well that's basically what it is just thinner and um it's fine for a bit and then it's like but then i was like what am i what am i actually trying to do here because i was i was have a mindset where i was trying to really simplify i don't know what was going on for me mentally but i was trying to simplify and so i was like well you know there's there can be like a lot of stress around food prep and shopping and all this stuff so if i can just get all my nutritional needs from this powder and i mix with water and that's my those are my three meals a day or whatever it is and then uh you know have a protein shake or something if i'm working out then that just seems really nice and easy and i don't have to think about it i felt the same Uh, way and that's that's why i looked into it in the first place but then i realized oh i really love eating food exactly uh, yeah it just didn't work no i love cheeseburgers so yeah had one tonight in fact yeah that's awesome there you go. that's awesome oh, there we go well matt i'm glad 
we are able to dive into your personal life there a little bit. So those are the five questions I had. So thank you for being um, so truthful and honest. I'm impressed with your uh, well done with your backstage well, pass. Good deep dive on. The I, have, I, have an, I have inside lead, so that's all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you had, a, right, you had like a spy work. Yeah, it's almost you. like that, huh? Yeah, that was like cheating. Fucking Bill, playing the game, guys. Just playing the game. Hey guys, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I had a great time. Yeah, it was fun. It was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit subscribe uh, to get notifications of new episodes. Uh, rate us where you can. Find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell your friends. Uh, if you want to connect with us or have some suggestions on topics or guests, email us at 3 podcast at gmail.com. That's three written note, not in the number. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. On Instagram, we are 3 dads and a phil. Uh, on Facebook, again, 3 dads and a phil podcast. Check them out for uh, pics, posts, and maybe nudes of phil. Thanks so much. Have a great night. <laughs>